We could create a whole world in the mind of the listener simply by using sound effects. Ron Wolfley. Thought, 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 thought. Boom, Luke Lipinski. Huh. Wolf and Luke. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Hour number two of the show, live from the Auction Community Studios. It is Wolf and Luke, but Wolf is off today. Steve Zinsmeister is in for Wolf. And then Steve has an important show to go produce. And so oh, stop it. Shane Doan's going to join us. This is also important. <laughs> I didn't say this wasn't. I just On said you some have, level. You have an important show to go produce. So Shane Doan will join us uh, for the second half of the show. And I know he wants to talk KD, so that's going to be fun. And we're going to talk KD right now, too, because KD's playing his uh, second game as a member of the Phoenix Suns tonight in Chicago. I don't think this is really something I have to argue I think most would agree, but um, we're in like a, appointment viewing range at this point, aren't we, Steve? Like, oh, I, totally. no matter who they're playing. Well, let's be honest. That uh, game against the Hornets was the most highly anticipated Suns regular season game that I could ever imagine, and the most highly anticipated Hornets game ever. And it's on the road in Charlotte against a terrible team at with a terrible o'clock. owner, with a terrible court, by the way, without their best player, without their best player. So. I mean, yes, it is appointment viewing for KD alone. There's no doubt about that. Because over the next 19 games, the last 19 games of the season, we have to figure out what this Suns team is. We all think we know. We all think that, hey, you take Devin Booker, Chris Paul, DeAndre, and you throw in KD, you mix them all together, and boom, it's easy stuff. But the truth of the matter is, sometimes it takes a little bit of time for those what they call super teams to really gel. And I care more about that for the next 19 games than I do about the wins and losses. Where, uh, just because now I'm thinking since you're in here for the first time, like we, Wolf and I have gone through the range of emotions of, okay, you traded Mikel Bridges and you traded Cam Johnson and you gave up a lot to get Kevin Durant. Again, a lot of super teams form just through free agency or a guy, you know, forcing the team's hand to the point where the the team he lands on don't have to give up much. The Suns gave up a lot to get KD. What in your mind makes it a successful trade? Like does one title do it for you? One title would be enough for me. I well, definitely. I think one title is all you really need out of this, especially at the exceeding age of Kevin Durant. He's what, 34, 35 mm-hmm. years old. Chris Paul, we saw him age overnight in the playoffs last season. Literally and, on his birthday. Uh, literally. And I, I know that there was like the rumors or the talk about he got COVID or whatever, and maybe there's some truth to that. But at the same time, I mean, Chris Paul's not who he used to be. Look at their first game altogether uh, the other night in Charlotte. Chris Paul goes one for eight from the floor. He has two points. Is that the Chris Paul that we've come to know and love? Not really. But when you have guys like Devin Booker scoring 36 or Kevin Durant scoring 23 in only 27 minutes, you don't really need to score yeah, so the basketball. You don't, you don't really notice it when he only puts up, it again, one game against Charlotte. And that would be more noticeable in a game six of a playoff series against Golden State if Chris Paul only puts up two points. But I do think there is something to the fact that now that you have Kevin Durant, the pressure on Chris Paul to score is going to be down in the Dramatically playoffs. less. Um, I'm looking at the, the odds on FanDuel right now. The Suns are favored to win the West. Boston is still favored to win the title, followed by Milwaukee. And Milwaukee and the Suns are about tied. So I'd rather be in the West than the East. If you're the you? Suns, trying to figure that out. Yeah, I, I'm not as worried about the Nuggets. Even I know they've they've played great throughout the regular season. They've got the probably going to win his third MVP in a row in Jokic. That's oh, ridiculous. I, I'm definitely worried about the Nuggets on some level, but not as much as like if you had to play Milwaukee followed by Boston. That would be tough. 
That would be hard. You'd have to be in a position where you only had to play one of them. I, I think top to bottom, I mean, my only concern with the Suns is, like you keep saying, you're only, you only have 20 games to put this all together. And it's you're not going to get an easy first-round matchup. Almost no matter where you finish, your first round. I mean, even Denver might be playing, easily could be playing the Clippers or the Pelicans in the first round. A Clippers team that made a lot of changes at the deadline. And if and that's another team that's very boomer bust. I mean, on their best night, they could beat anybody. Yeah. On their worst night, they look like the Lakers. <laughs> so I mean, you know, it's it's one of those teams that I'm sure Denver's uh, worrying about a little bit as well. It's just that there are no easy first round matchups in the Western Conference, which I think is is kind of when the the Suns would be the most susceptible to a loss, as they're still kind of getting their feet under them. It is a month away, though. Like they may have it all figured out by then, at least enough to beat. Right now, though, they'd play Golden State in the first round. Well, and some of the questions that we had about the Suns in the playoffs last year still linger to a degree, even with the team as dramatically different as it is with Kevin Durant. For instance, uh, Chris Young, uh, Chris Paul has not gotten any younger, uh, so that's still out there. That's a shame. That would have really helped. That would have helped if he had aged, yeah. uh, de-aged a little bit, Benjamin Button style. But also, too, the depth concerns, because you got to the playoffs and campaign disappeared. Landry Shamit couldn't hit a shot. Uh, you worried about your depth on the bench. And as you know, in in the playoffs, you definitely need to have like probably eight to ten guys who are going to play with regularity. Yeah, you shorten the bench, but the guys that play have to play well. Right. And yeah. if you look at the game the other night, Kevin Durant's first game, he plays 27 minutes. Every other starter, Akogi, Ayton, Paul, Booker, all played 33 minutes. If you look at the bench, there are six guys that played. None of them played more than 15 minutes. I would say none of them really had a spectacular night. Torrey Craig was pretty good, 3-for-4, 2-for-2 from 3. He ended with 8 points. But aside from that, you do need to start getting some of these guys on the bench into a rhythm, so to speak, because if they get to the playoffs and one of these guys in the starting lineup goes down, God forbid, who's ready? Who on the bench is actively ready to step into one of those roles? Well, especially, especially if Chris Paul has any sort of repeat of what happened last year. He's like the one guy that... Look, you can't replace Kevin Durant or Devin Booker, and this is the same for any team. If Giannis goes down, the Bucks are going to have a hard time. But um, you've you've so invested in right now if you're the Suns, and yet I don't know you've totally found a solution for if anything happens to Chris Paul. Here's Zach Lowe from Get Up yesterday. Phoenix is going to have to figure out its depth and its fit issues because you already saw last night teams are going to funnel shots to the Josh Okogis, Tory Craigs of the world. Their bench is kind of largely guys who have been career backups and sometimes deep bench backups. They have a little more questions to answer than I think you would like having traded all this stuff for Durant. And one of them is this, and people don't want to talk about this. It's not fun to talk about. Durant is 34, coming off an injury. Chris Paul is 37. He gets injured in the playoffs a lot. This team, every team is susceptible to the bad luck of health. Some teams a little more so than others. And at the top of their roster, if something happens to one of these guys in May and June, even if it's a little tweak, I don't think the Suns are going to be able to say, oh boy, who could have seen this coming? Yeah, so Steve, just to be clear from my perspective, my concern level with with the Suns is pretty low. But we've talked about how great this is for three weeks, and then you hear a cut like that from Zach Lowe, and it does. I mean, this is going to get hard at some point. Probably not tonight or this weekend or in the regular season, but in the playoffs, you're going to be challenged. And, and specifically with Chris Paul, just because he has a history of getting hurt in the playoffs. And, and last year, we still don't know entirely what happened, 
But that Dallas series, they were up 2-0 and they were cruising. And then Chris Paul from Game 3 on didn't look right. And when it, when he didn't look right, the rest of the team immediately followed him to not looking right. I think we'd be doing everybody a disservice if we came into this like, everything is sunshine and rainbows. And Kevin Durant is here. He's our savior. We just won the championship. I think that would be, I'm being a little bit facetious here, but I thought that that would just be excessive. There's no reason to do that. There are still reasonable questions to be asked. Are they significant? No. I'd much rather be asking who's the backup point guard than is Josh Jackson going to be the leader of Ugh. the Phoenix Suns for the foreseeable oh, future? <laughs> I mean, like, you compare the questions we're asking now to the ones we were asking five years ago. I take this every day of the week. Well, and I'd much rather be the Suns than pretty much any team in the NBA right now. Milwaukee's the one team that I look at and I'm like they've already beaten the Suns once in the finals. Giannis is a matchup nightmare, but if I'm being honest from this point straight forward with all due respect to Boston and Denver. And there's other good teams too. I'm not saying that it's going to be Suns and Bucks, but if you're just telling me like right now if you had to pick an NBA team, you're going to be a fan of this team, you got to pick them to win the, the title the rest of the way starting here on March 3rd, throw the records out. The Suns and the Bucks would be my two teams I'm most comfortable with. Boston's right there. Denver has done everything right in the regular season. But I just saw the Suns do everything right in the regular season last year, and it didn't matter at all in the playoffs. And Denver hasn't done it in the playoffs, so they would be like fourth or fifth on my list still. Denver's right there just looking to take that next step. I mean, And they might. They totally and, might and they do could. It. And they totally could. And they're doing it the right way. They have, I mean, it's hard not to call Jokic the best player in the league when he's won the last two MVPs, might win a third. Um, but yeah, you're right. I mean, the Bucks are certainly dangerous. Don't forget they have Jay Crowder. I hear he's good at basketball. I wouldn't know. I haven't seen him play in a long time because um, he refused to play for the Suns. They should have watched Sunday. It was very strange. Uh, yeah, no, but it's I'm with you, man. I think I would still pick the Suns because basketball is the one sport where when you have the five best players on the court, you usually win. You, you typically you could Last play a football year, notwithstanding. game. You could play a football game and beat the more talented team. They're 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 not going to go seventeen and zero most years. Yeah. The most talented football team, but as we saw with that KD Warriors team, when they had the five best guys on the floor, they won. What was it like seventy six games out of eighty two or whatever? Seventy two seems How many high. Was it? I think it was like seventy two. I, I think it was seventy two. Seventy six would be unbelievable. Whatever. It's only like a four game difference. <laughs> that means six losses out of eighty two games, as I opposed to what ten. Yeah, I, don't I know. know. Whatever. No, it was absurd. No, you're right. Look, I mean, baseball. You get a hot pitcher or a pitcher that has a bad game, and all of a sudden your series can be shot. Football's best of one, so anything can happen to a certain extent. Hockey's every game's close anyway. Right. Basketball tends to be the sport where the best team wins more often than not. And going forward right now, if you set the records aside, I'd rather be on the side of the Suns and the Bucks than pretty much anybody. And that's why I care more about the gelling of the team over the next 19 games than I do about the wins and losses. But I'll say this, if they gel well enough like I expect them to, the wins will come. Uh, win lower level tickets to see Kevin Durant's first home game as a Sun. Just text KD to 620-620 and enter for your chance to win lower level tickets to see the Suns play the Thunder on March 8th. And you'll get two Kevin Durant jerseys as well. I'm going to do that so, right yeah, now. You should be texting. And it's an easy. Yeah. Just text KD. Why do they call him KD? I don't know. Oh, you haven't seen the David Letterman? No, I haven't seen it. When that. David Letterman interviewed him, he said, why do they call you KD? Because it's not Durant's Slim Reaper. As you can imagine, KD was not super pleased with that question. <laughs> 
620-620. That's where you want to text KD. 620-620. We come back. Would you rather the Cardinals trade out of that third overall pick or just go all in on Will Anderson, who killed it at the Combine yesterday? It's Wolf and Luke. Steve Zinsmeister's in for Wolf on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Wolf and Luke, Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. I would say you could tell Wolf's not here because Maloney has taken over with the music, but she does that when Wolf is here anyway. So This is where he would start screaming lyrics, right? No, he would talk about how this sounds like frat boy music. Oh. And he, this is Here's your vocabulary. If you ever do a show with Wolf, let me help you out, okay? Yeah. If it's not Metallica, Tool, Alice in Chains, Nirvana, Guns N' Roses. Am I missing anybody? I think it's those ones. If it's not one of those five bands, it's frat boy music. And anything after 1995 is Green Day. <laughs> My girlfriend calls it divorce dad music. Green Day? Or? Well, just like that era. <laughs> oh, like, like the Late 90s, early 2000s. <laughs> All right. But Frat boy music. Uh, text us your thoughts to the FanDuel text line at 620-620 right now. We are going to get into the uh, the draft here. I, mean, I talked about it a little bit with Darren Urban, but um, I want to get your thoughts on this, Steve, because it is, it's sort of the debate now. With the Jalen Carter stuff, it kind of it kind of throws... I'm going to set Jalen Carter aside for a second. I, I don't... It's hard to. <laughs> it's a pretty big wrench. Well, I'm going to set him aside from the perspective of I'm the Cardinals. I'm not drafting him. You know, You're at that point already. Well, and maybe that's not fair because the legal process has to play out. Sure. But what is his arraignments on the 18th? The draft is the 27th. I just went through a season, if I'm the Cardinals specifically, and I'm sure there are other teams that feel like this too, I just went through a season that was nothing but distractions and off-the-field stuff and you know the injuries and stuff on the field you can't control. But there was a lot. I just, it's not worth the headache to me when a guy like Will Anderson's right there on the table. Well, and, and how comparable is this to the Robert Kimdichie situation? Which I know that Robert Kimdichie, defensive tackle, Ole Miss. At 6'3", 295 pounds, Kimdichie can hold up at the point of attack and use his speed to make plays from the backside. He's a disruptor of the highest order. And when motivated, hunts his prey with such myopic focus, hardened NFL scouts cannot believe what they're seeing. But Robert Kimdichie is not without blemish or stink. Scouts say he takes plays off, doesn't play up to his skill set, gets blocked by Barney the Dinosaur, and lacks a motor. Still, Kimdichie's talent is beyond reproach. NFL comparison, Darnell Dockett physically and Aaron Donald athletically. How did you have that draft capsule ready right as he said Kimdichie's name? Well, because I was thinking about going there. We did not plan that at all. That was unreal. That was unreal. I mean, they took a chance on someone who had, like Wolf said, blemishes That's... going into the draft. I think that scouting profile is pretty accurate for the most part. And, and to Except make... the Aaron Donald part of the well, yeah, There's that. But to draw the comparison, it's really not about their legal situations being comparable. It's just about the talent is undeniable. But do you really take a flyer on a guy who, I mean, in Kim Dietschy's case, it was a, it was a lot different, but 
he dropped in that first round. Jalen Carter might drop, and you know what? Maybe everything works out fine legally for him, and some team gets an absolute steal in the middle of the first round or later. We'll go to whatever. Seattle at five. That's how this stuff always oh, works out. Boy, um, look, Chicago might still take him at one. They but, could, but for me, coming into all this, you know, even just at the end of the season. My personal preference is Will Anderson over Jalen Carter. The Cardinals have a bunch of holes to fill. At at worst, those guys are tied, Will Anderson and Jalen Carter. So now if you're just looking at it and let's let's say the first two picks are quarterbacks and you're you're gonna stay at number three, it's not like it's a stretch to say Will Anderson might be a better player anyway, and you don't have to you, I, I just I can't see them taking him. Maybe they do, maybe they talk to him, maybe stuff plays out differently, but right here on March third, because there is another potentially great player right there that at a position you need why why would you why <laughs> like why would you put yourself through that yeah so if you're sitting at three if your plan going in is to stay at three i know a lot of this is predicated on what happens with quarterbacks and other teams trading up and all that stuff what you can get for number three i get that but if your plan as monty awesome for it is to stay at number three and pick the best player available you're hoping will anderson doesn't go one or two Yes. Because if they've made the same decision that you have, that they're just not going to touch Jalen Carter, specifically at three, remember, there's always a possibility that you trade back, well, and, and now if thing. you're sitting at eight or nine, let's say you trade with Carolina, who has multiple second and fourth round picks this year, that's, by the way. Yeah, that's a very real possibility. They could move up, and you could move to nine, and if Jalen Carter's still sitting there, now it's a different conversation. It is. We didn't want to take him at three because we had Will Anderson. But now we're at nine. You know, so these things are very fluid. I think I'm like you. If you're picking at three and Will Anderson or even Tyree Wilson, who I've kind of, I don't want to say he's the darling of the combine, but Dar- Daniel Jeremiah has made it his duty to try to get Tyree yeah, Wilson drafted before Will Anderson. Top five. <laughs> so, I, I listen, if you don't get either of those two guys, because I'm all about pass rushers. I don't even necessarily think that Jalen Carter plays a pivotal position because next level defensive tackles don't come around very often, and I don't think you really need one. It, listen, if he's Aaron Donald, obviously you need I mean, that. Yeah, Everybody needs that. But how many Aaron Donalds are there in the league? I, I just, I'm looking at Two, it him the, and J.J. Watt through, in his prime. Well, one of them retired, so now there's one. So now there's one. I, and one of them, I think Aaron Donald's about to retire like within the next year or two. Yeah, I think he's been like. thinking that for the last couple of years. Yeah, and that was when the Rams were good, and the Rams might be... <laughs> Now they're bad. <laughs> they might be in a worse spot than the Cardinals here in about a year. Uh, but they got a Super Bowl, so totally worth it. And that's not sarcasm. Um, I just think from the Cardinals' perspective, you have so many needs anyway. I tend to think Monty Austin Fort would like the other scenario where the Bears are like, man, Will Anderson is so good. And Will Anderson had a really good combine yesterday for, for what he took part in. And he was already good coming in. Um, that they're just like, we'll take him at one. And then obviously the Texans will take Bryce Young or C.J. Stroud, and the Cardinals can sit there and be like, if you want a quarterback, I mean, that's the perfect scenario for the Cardinals if they want to trade the pick because Indianapolis is picking right behind you. So to every team that needs a quarterback, it's like, hey, you want C.J. Stroud? The Colts are going to take him if you don't make this trade with us. That, I think, is where Monty Austin Fort wants to be, but I tend to believe quarterbacks are going to go with the first two picks. Everything starts with the number one pick, right, which is very up in the air. Because Chicago, I've seen two scenarios that have been pitched out there. And one is you trade your quarterback and then draft one at number one. You get your pick. You could pick Bryce Young. You could take C.J. Stroud if you want or if you love Will Levis or whatever. You could take that quarterback and move on from Justin Fields. Just to be clear, Will Levis puts mayonnaise in his coffee, so he cannot be the number one. All right, so he won't be the number one. He also apparently eats bananas unpeeled. That was on NFL Network yesterday while we were doing the show. You can do that? It didn't look right. Is it good? 
No, I'm sure. The guy puts mayonnaise in his if coffee. You, his judgment is very questionable. The second you bite one end of the banana, doesn't it all just come out the other side? I, you know, these are questions that they were answering on NFL Network yesterday. And this I is what I would be asking him attention. in his interview at the conference. I would assume that's what the interview hey, is. Hey, what's, what's the deal with you eating bananas? With the, what's the deal with, with you the putting mayonnaise in coffee? <laughs> <laughs> that's the bigger concern. By the way, this may or may not predicate whether or not you get the job. Um no, but here's the other scenario I'll throw at you. I don't know how realistic this is, but I have it in my head, so I'm just going to run with it. Okay. What if Chicago does both? What if they trade their quarterback for a haul of picks and they move back? So the, you're saying they trade Justin Fields for picks and they trade the number one overall pick Two for picks? Indianapolis, let's say, wants to move up from four to one to get their quarterback, the guy they want. And if you're Chicago, the only way this makes any sense is if Chicago comes into it and says, we're looking to move off of Justin Fields. We don't like the way that we played last year where we asked him to run way more than throw. He struggled a little bit when we asked him to throw, mostly because we didn't protect him. And we need a haul of picks. We need a lot of stuff. We're three and 14 team. We need more than just a quarterback. We can still get one at, let's say, number four or number three or whatever, Let's figure out how we can move back and get a haul for that and move our quarterback and get a haul for that. We're comfortable with Stroud, Young, Levis, maybe even Anthony Richardson. Yeah, that's interesting because you would, you would, I don't think it'll happen, but it is an interesting thought because they still only won three games with Justin Fields playing pretty well, at least running pretty well. I should put it that way. But like, how much. How well did he play to the point where you're like, you well, know what, we have to keep him. We, no, they didn't win games. He didn't win. So they, they could look at it and say, like, we like the mayonnaise drinker. We'll just drop down to six and take Will Levis. I mean, they could. They could. I, I, I wouldn't mean, recommend it. I mean, this is the same team that moved up to take Mitchell Trubisky when Patrick Mahomes was there. Yeah, I, I'm just, I'm just suggesting it him. seems really far-fetched the more I think about it. But, I mean, like, if there's two possibilities, one of them moving down, and keeping fields, and then the other moving on from fields and drafting someone at number one. What precludes them from doing both? If it's they the Bears, like all those quarterbacks. They, they absolutely could. Here's Ian Rappaport, specifically with the Cardinals on that number three pick. Another interesting spot, number three for the Arizona Cardinals. We, we may get quarterback bang, bang, one, two, putting the Cardinals in a perfect position. Could they take the best position player on the board? Maybe it's Will Anderson going to put on a show here behind me today. That's a possibility. New general manager Monty Austinford also was pretty clear. He's open for business as well. They're going to be prepared to pick again. Got a great draft spot, but could that be for sale as well? Could we get quarterback, 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 one, two, three? That is going to be fascinating to watch over the course of the next couple months. The other part of this, and we don't really have time to dive into it right now, but you know, what if quarterback goes one, two, and the Cardinals still trade the third pick? That's that's possible. I know. Well, I think you're sitting back and you're asking all the other quarterback needy teams, how desperate are you? Yeah. How desperate are you for the guy who eats bananas with the peel still on? And those teams are desperate. We'll give them to you. Those those teams are always desperate. And And, and you're still right ahead of the Colts. Like, you need a quarterback to really step up at the the combine that's a, a third quarterback, not Young or Stroud. Carolina stands out to me. I don't have any sources on this, believe me. But at the same time, you look at their draft capital. They've got an extra second round pick. They've got an extra fourth round pick. Throw in their first the year prior, uh, the year after. Now all of a sudden we're looking at an actual package that I could see moving up from nine to possibly three. And you're not dropping that far. And in that scenario, you're saying three quarterbacks off the board. So 
Will Anderson, Jalen Carter, Tyree Wilson, maybe go four, five, six, or maybe a guy like Wilson slips tonight. I don't know. I mean, there's well, there's and options. There's that report that came out that um, so this is ESPN said that quote. We talked to a handful of scouts last night. Every single one of them said Anthony Richardson is the best quarterback interview they've had this year. That's that's the guy. See, that's interesting. That's the guy that people going into the combine were like, could he move way up? People seem to forget that the most important thing that happens at the combine isn't on TV. It's the conversations teams have with the players individually. And then once they start filming those interviews and putting them on TV, I will start watching the combine. You're actually watching it right now. You just don't realize it. Well, we have the sound mm-hmm. turned down. Uh, right. I haven't been paying attention to that. Well, that's a shame. Uh, when we come back, is Sunday's Suns game against the Mavericks their first real test with KD? How much are you going to read into what happens on Sunday? It's Wolf and Luke. Steve Zinsmeister's in for Wolf on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Wolf and Luke Middays, Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. the Wolf and Luke show. Steve Zinsmeister in for Wolf. Kind of in for Luke because you just left the room and I was lonely and scared. I may have gotten locked out of the newsroom. You got locked out? May have gotten locked out. It was nice working with you. Key card doesn't work anymore? If they're trying to, it it actually works less and less by the week. (laughs) (laughs) That's them subtly trying to tell you. It's nice working with you, Luke. First, I couldn't get into the building. Now I can't get into the newsroom. So that's, uh, yeah. I think we're all excited for our uh, first real test for the Phoenix Suns with new version of their team with Kevin Durant. I think that that comes when they play the Mavericks on Sunday. Is that a fair testament to what this game actually represents? It's, to me, anything with Luka right now is still at the top of the list. Like, this is the Suns' biggest rival to me. I'm not saying historically, right? I mean, obviously it's the Lakers, or maybe it's the Spurs, depending on, you know, when you became a fan of the Suns. But right now, until proven otherwise, the the Suns, for lack of a better term, it looks like Dallas has figured out the Suns. Now, the Suns have changed dramatically in the last two weeks. So, so maybe they so have the Mavs, actually. Yeah, and that's the thing. If... If you're a Suns fan, I don't think you hate the idea of both teams changing dramatically within the context of them playing each other. Because four weeks ago, if I had told you, hey, the Suns are going to play the Mavericks in the first round of the playoffs, would you have felt good about that series at all? Uh, No. You couldn't. I think everybody has this perception that in the first round, you're supposed to play the team that, okay, that's a fun little team. Yeah, here's a warm-up game. They're not ready yet, right? Yeah. But that's just not always the case, especially with the devaluation of regular season games. I mean, how many years did the Milwaukee Bucks get the first seed before they actually became a uh, contending team? No, you're right. I mean, we don't think about that here. But yeah, it it took them a while we just don't think about it because we're not following them firsthand every day. Right. And so, like, I think we all view first round. I mean, who was the first round two years ago? Was that the Lakers? The first the round for the Suns, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So that went. was the Lakers. But that's always intimidating because it's still LeBron it's James still LeBron. and Anthony Davis. H- history looks at that series. Well, not history, but Lakers fans look at that series. And they, they would have you believe they never had Anthony Davis, which isn't true. They had him for part of the series. It's true. The Suns were fully healthy, which isn't true because Chris Paul was hurt. And they just forget that LeBron was, was active. You had to play LeBron James in the first round of the playoffs. And I believe 
they became the first team to take LeBron out in the first round of the playoffs. That's not an easy first round match. Well, and honestly, I think that the Suns, that series is probably different, and the Suns maybe even lose it if Anthony Davis doesn't go down in, uh, was that, game three or four? No, that's that's fair. I think that's fair. But I, I guess where where I disagree with the way it's been viewed is that that was an easy first round match. No, You're no, still I don't think so. going up against LeBron. Well, and I think that we all had a newfound respect for the New Orleans Pelicans after last year's first round. I thought New Orleans was going to be a dangerous team this year. They are still still in the play-in tournament and could still be a, a first round like we were talking earlier. If you're Denver and Zion somehow comes back, I mean, that's that is actually his full name if Zion somehow <laughs> yeah. comes back. Legally, we have to say that. Yes, but but if he does, you're Denver. Do you want to play a full-strength New Orleans team in the first round of the playoffs? I, I would probably take it New was Orleans in that series. kind of a brutal series against the Suns last year, and that's without Zion at all. And so that's a team that, to me, feels like has the right pieces to move forward with, but they just haven't been able to figure it out. Yeah. And that's pretty much how, what I've said about every Ben Simmons team he's ever been on. Is Wow, they really have all the pieces. They just can't figure it out. Yeah. So I, I don't know, man. I do get the feeling that, this, that the fan base specifically, and I haven't taken a poll on how Suns fans feel about the Mavericks, but there is this underlying sentiment that the Mavericks are evil because they beat us in the, in the last playoff. I get that. But these two teams are so dramatically different, them with Kyrie, us with KD, that I feel like you almost have to hit the reset button. Forget about who dominated who in the regular season, who dominated who in last year's playoff series, although it went to Game 7, so I don't think anybody could say that they dominated the Suns. So I think Have it's you a been full on reset. social media lately? Because people will tell you, Dallas fans will tell you that Luka owns Devin Booker. And granted, Luka won the biggest game between the two of them. Uh, but the the career series is still heavily in Booker's favor. It's just, but but that aside, the last ten months Dallas has owned the Suns since Game Six of that series, and so really that's all that matters if you're the Suns because you might meet Dallas in the playoffs. And back to the, your original question, the matchup with Dallas on Sunday, it's not like the winner all of a sudden has this easier path through the playoffs. But a you could push Dallas back into the play-in tournament right now. They're kind of hovering between 6 and 7. I don't think that's the worst thing in the world to do, to, to force them into a, a potential best-of-one against Golden State in the play-in tournament. That'd be nice, right? You want to get rid of Dallas. In theory, you want them to have the har- hardest path possible to get to Phoenix. Yeah. I, so I think I agree with you on that, for sure. Uh, this is Brian Windhorst yesterday talking about the new duo headlining each team. This marriage with Devin Booker makes so much more basketball sense than the one with Kyrie Irving. I never understood the decision to go with Kyrie. And I listened to the explanation about how they both had sort of won titles with players that you know they didn't get the full credit for, and they kind of felt a kinship of that and all that. Fine. But that never made sense to me. The Booker partnership makes so much sense. They are both true lovers of basketball. They are generally no-nonsense guys. Booker is a better on-court fit for him because it applies so much pressure to the defense. And, guys, they're excited about it. Well, yeah, that last line is an understatement. (laughs) Well, but even to the point, though, like neither of those guys, Booker or KD, they don't show a lot of excitement. Even Chris Paul later in his career, I've noticed, is much more serious than he used to be. He's like super serious. Yeah. He doesn't look that way in his commercials where he's like hovering in the air. And with with Mikel and with Cam gone, like this is not a very fun team anymore in terms of personality. I mean, like it's not like, hey, this is a party. I'm going to laugh at you. You got DA and campaign like those guys are real fun and energetic. They like to dance in pregame. I get it. It's cool. But like this is a 
business team now. It, it feels like, it felt like the last two years, and I said this a lot to Wolf on the show, those were two of my favorite Suns teams of all time. And I said that in the moment, and, and, it was, and they never ended up winning a title. But there's still, I mean, no Suns teams won a title. Those are still my two favorite Suns teams of all time because of their personality and because of how good they were. And I'm partial to Devin Booker. But it does, it feels like now they're adults. It feels like they grew up at some point, probably because of the loss to Dallas, and then because of all the moves they made, that you trade for Kevin Durant regardless. Unless you won the title last year, you're still making the trade for Kevin Durant. But just in general, you get rid of JaVale McGee, all the stuff with Jay Crowder. Uh, you know, DA at times seems more serious. To your point, you get rid of Mikel Bridges and Cam Johnson. Those were the, for lack of a better term, like the fun guys on the team. The heartbeat of the yeah. organization, really. Yeah. When it comes to the players and their personalities. It's like Devin has always been that very serious, down-to-business kind of boss in the office. Yeah. And everyone else is, like, allowed to have their fun. Like, you know, but when it comes time, crunch time, we got to buckle down, and Devin will be that boss. Now, Devin went out and found a partner to at the top of the business who is just like him. And I think that's why KD likes Devin so much yeah. is because he's he's no-nonsense. He's all business. I can't remember the last time I saw Devin smile. You know, it's like with KD at the end of that game. That was about right. It. That and 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 I think he said something like "my boy" or something like that. Yeah. Like it didn't have to be this this big rah rah speech from Devin. It never has had to be about that. And honestly, they don't need that because they have Chris Paul. They, when Chris Paul's like the regional manager, like when he shows yeah. up in the office, everybody has to behave. That's what Chris Paul has become at this point. Like, get in line. I'm trying to win a title before I retire. And D.A. would be the assistant to the regional manager. Yeah, but he's the one that, like, he'll let you guys have fun if he's the only one there. It's yeah. like, oh, just, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's, he's the Dwight. <laughs> yes, that's we're making basically analogy, where we're going. Yeah. I mean, we know what we're doing. Uh, here's Vince Carter on Get Up yesterday. The Phoenix Suns gave up a lot to get him there. And now he has to go get the job done. And I think he's very capable of it. And what you said about Devin Booker is true. Now Devin Booker is going to probably see the second best defender on the team. He's going to get more wide open catch and shoot shots because of KD's uh, uh, demand of double team and attention. And he's an, uh, uh, he's an unselfish passer. So watching him, you know, just first of all, KD got open shots as well because of Devin Booker. So just watching those guys play, they're only going to get better. You know, going back to our initial conversation at the start of the show, what you're looking for in tonight's game. As much as we're talking about Dallas, they do have a game tonight. Right. Uh, and maybe you won't be able to read so much into a, a game against Chicago, so maybe we should lump Dallas in this too. But I just I want to see, on paper to me, I don't understand how a team can, can cover Devin Booker and Kevin Durant. So I want to see if that actually plays out now on the court. And I don't think Chicago can. If if a team can, it's Milwaukee and maybe Boston. Maybe there's one other team. You know what I mean? But I want to see that actually play out. Plenty of teams have an elite defender. You, I feel like most good teams, most contending teams, you got to have an elite defender. You got to have a McHale. You got to have a Draymond Green, a Herb Jones, one of those kinds Drew of guys, Holiday, right? Marcus Smart, yeah. right? Every team's got an elite defender. Do you have two? That's because you're going to need them. You're going to need at least two <laughs> because then you got to figure out what and to then do with when, DA and Chris while Paul. they're busy with Booker and KD, you still got to worry about DA on yeah. the block, and you got to worry about Chris Paul running the pick and roll with that guy. That's that's why. And let's not get confused here. If the Suns were playing the Pelicans in a seven game series, I'm taking the Suns now. They got Kevin Durant, but that's why I wouldn't mind if the Pelicans just got out of there too because they do have good defenders and they've got size. They do. And I don't think they would beat the Suns, but I would give them a much better shot at beating the Suns than a lot of. The these other teams over a seven-game series because they also know the Suns with Willie Green. And we saw last year, I think they beat the Suns up a little bit, even though Phoenix won that series. Uh, all right, we come back. Could Zach Allen 
not Zach Allen. Zach Allen land on a different NFC West team. NFL.com thinks so, and I hate it. We'll get into it next. It's Wolf and Luke. Steve Zinsmeister's in for Wolf on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. I want to know who my representative Wolf here tonight. and Luke, Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Alright, I almost just said final segment of the show, but it really isn't. Just your final segment yeah, of the I'm, show. I gotta get out of here at some point. I'm gonna keep listening to the show and maybe even talking on it after. When are we doing Kevin or Devin? Yeah. Um, we could have feasibly done Kevin or Devin. <laughs> We're gonna have to do that with Shane Doan now. Oh, man. For Kevin Durant. Wow. You asked for it. Wet like on book. It's time to play Kevin or Devin I just on the, the show. Wolf and Luke show. <laughs> this show has been derailed for a year and a half. You have That's to understand true. and remember, you know this, but you have to remember, if you suggest something like that, it will take Maloney less than one second to turn it around. All so. right, are we doing this for Bulls? The Mavs. We've already done it for the Bulls. All yeah. right, so we're doing Mavs. If you need background, I don't know okay. if this will help you or not. I took Devin for the Bulls game. I think I would take Devin for the Bulls, but I'm going to take Kevin for the Mavs. Okay. It's Just, personal, so, you know? So people know the very complicated rules of this game. It's who scores more, Kevin Durant or Devin Booker for right. the Mavs game. Kevin right. or Devin. All right, so I'm going to write these down, and Maloney's keeping track of this stuff. So, okay, so who you, you're taking, this is for the Mavericks game. Yeah. Because it's Sunday. We don't get to play again before then. So you're taking... I'm taking Kevin. I am also going to take Kevin. I think that'll be the first time that he outscores Devin. I, I anticipate that tonight will be a lot like the Hornets game. Kevin Durant yeah. will probably play like 25 to 30 minutes. 20 a night is probably realistic. Devin will probably carry the load, but I think the Mavs is when you finally unleash Kevin Durant. It's the first game where he faces Kyrie, which I think is an interesting storyline. I think if it's anybody, I think it's the Mavericks that he really yeah. lights up. I'm with you on that, Aaron. I'll go Devin. All right, Aaron's going. Contrarian. Are we going to have Jamal make the pick for Rick? Yeah, you can make the pick for Rick. Jamal, it's Kevin or Devin. It's just a one word, Kevin or Devin, who scores more against Dallas on Sunday. You have a 50-50 shot here. I'm going to take Kevin. All right. I'm going to take Kevin. Three Kevins. Jamal weighing in there with the guys. So three Kevins and a Devin. On Sunday, there you go. Yes, for it. Okay, good. I'm glad we played. Now we're <laughs> it's sweeping the nation. You really want to get in on it early while you can. America's hottest game show. So now we're covered for. Uh, we already did tonight's game yesterday because we wanted to spring in a wolf. And then, uh, all right, Steve. So you. Thanks for in. appeasing me, guys. I really appreciate. Well, the best thing is if you're wrong, it goes on Wolf's record, so you're fine. Oh, okay. Yeah, that works. Yeah. Uh, NFL free agency, and I, I don't know how this is going to work for the Cardinals. We asked Darren Urban about this earlier. I almost feel like this is one of those years where you would be better off if you're the Cardinals. If it was in the other order, you know, like the NBA, you have the draft, then you have free agency. Hockey, you have the draft, then you have free agency. Baseball, they do all the stuff in the middle of the season. Um, (laughs) The draft draft is like in the middle of the game. Yeah, like the GM's watching the game, making draft picks. But uh, for football, some years it works in your favor, some years it doesn't. I, I, if I were the Cardinals, I would rather 
have the draft, kind of figure out, okay, this is where I'm rebuilding my team. This is the lifeblood of my team. Who fell to me? Who I took? What trades I made? And then plug holes for this season with free agency. It doesn't work that way. The free agency is in like a week and a half. Well, and that conundrum is kind of exasperated by the fact that you have a brand new GM, so Mm -hmm. you're kind of hitting the reset button anyway. You have a new head coach who is a defensive-minded head coach. I don't know how that will impact the construction of the roster, but I'm guessing that you're not going to go in and spend the money the way you did last year, which was 95% of our money we're going to spend on the offense and 5% good luck Vance Joseph. Yeah, pretty much. (laughs) I mean, I anticipate it won't be like that again. They didn't. They just invested nothing in the defense other than draft picks. I'm going to mostly make up this statistic, but I believe it's pretty close. I like this. Just a made-up statistic yeah. on the air. Get this used is to fantastic. It. Okay, this should be a segment. <laughs> Shouldn't have asked me to do this. Uh, <laughs> I'll show I'm you. You pretty, never ask me that. I'm pretty sure they spent, like, uh, I want to say it was like 80% of their money on the offense, it's, at least. It's a made-up statistic. You can say and whatever I'm you want. I'm pretty sure that they were bottom five in the league in spending on defense. That I believe Overall. is true. I believe that is true. Overall. Yeah. And I'm pretty sure they were close to the top on offense. Yeah. It was dramatic. And, and I, I get it. You want to lean into your strength. My whole thing this offseason has been I want to build a defense in the vein of San Francisco. And then if Kyler Murray reaches his potential, your team's unstoppable. I mean, you know what I mean? Like, win with defense, but you also have Kyler Murray. So those games where he does go off, those are just wins. There's a story on NFL.com today looking at, they, they played free agent matchmaker. So they they took, of all the free agents that are going to be out there this uh, offseason, which again is in like a week and a half, uh, they have one like perfect fit for each NFC team, okay? So we're going to talk about three teams in particular, and you'll understand why in just a second. Let's start with the Cardinals. Their free agent that they have going to the Cardinals is James Bradbury, who you might remember from holding a guy at the end of the Super Bowl. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say. <laughs> well, former Eagle, there's the Jonathan Gannon connection. Yep. Was Bradbury on the Panthers back in the day? Or did I make that up? I don't see. Now you're making okay. up stats, so I don't know yeah, if you're making yeah. up careers, too. <laughs> yeah. but, I mean, he's a good player. Like I, I would I would take James Bradbury on the it's Cardinals. It's a position of need right yeah. now, really. What are your cornerbacks? You have Marco Wilson. That's pretty much it. Byron Murphy's available in free agency. I don't feel overly confident that he's coming back, although I, I would take him back. Uh, that room is just kind of decimated. He was on the Panthers. In, hey, uh, in I nailed that. Boy, you know your 2016 Carolina Panthers. I really know my made-up facts. That's true. <laughs> Figure every once in a while they're going to be accurate. Uh, Bradbury's good, though, um, and, and I would take that. The Byron Murphy thing is interesting that you say that because... I am of the belief that you used a high pick on that guy, and he's been good and getting better. You got to keep those guys, but he's dealing with a back injury. He is a free agent. It is a new regime. They didn't draft him. Uh, this list actually has him on a different team. It has him on the Detroit Lions. And to your point, like if this was Steve Kime, who was still GM, he might have a sense in his head where he's like, I drafted that guy. I got that right. I need to keep that player. Yeah. But maybe because Monty Austin Ford is detached from that scenario, he didn't draft him. So maybe he's the right guy to evaluate Byron Murphy because he can look at it a little bit more objectively. And that's not to say that I don't think Byron Murphy should be around. He's a pretty good player in this corner room. Yeah. I don't think he's a number one anywhere else around the league. Yeah, it's tough to get a read on him because I, I thought he was edging towards that in the first half of last season, but he is dealing with a back injury now. And so now we're to the point where free agency starts here in a week and a half where I keep thinking of like, oh yeah, Byron Murphy, he's on the cart. No, he's not really. He's not. Like James Bradbury or Byron Murphy, if you're Monty Austin Fort and you identify that you like James Bradbury more than Byron Murphy, 
they're both just out there now. So you would just take James Bradbury, who is five years older, but not dealing with a back injury. So I would tend to lean Murphy of those two, but maybe that is just because... What is the price difference, too? I, I got to think Murphy could be had at a bit of a discount just because of the injury. But he's younger. He is younger. Discount, I should say, discount compared to where he would have been like week five of the season. You know what I mean? Fair enough. Now, the, the one name that I think you do have to find a way to keep is Zach Allen. And they do not have him staying with the Cardinals on this list. Oh, boy. So now let's play the game of what's the worst possible team they could have him going to? I think there's two. There's two worst? Yes. Well, we're already talking about in the division, so I'm guessing the Niners or the Seahawks. Yep. They have him going to the San Francisco 49ers. Can you imagine? Why would they need him? Zach, it even says right in there, they don't really need him. They don't really need him. (laughs) But, you know, part of this is uh, some of the best constructed teams go after players in the draft or free agency at positions that they don't necessarily need them Mm -hmm. right now. One of the ones that comes to mind for me is the Denver Broncos a few years back when they won the championship is they go and they get players like Bradley Roby early in the draft, and you're like, why do they need a corner? They already have Aqib Tlaib and Chris Harris. Yeah. Or And then Bradley Roby turns into a great player. Or they went and drafted uh, one of the pass rushers, and it's like, why do, why do we need Shaq Barrett? Turned into a pretty good player. Yeah. Even though they had Vaughn Miller and DeMarcus Ware. You know, it's that kind of thing where yeah. sometimes you just overload on positions that you know you're good at developing a player. Zach Allen, I, I, I just got to be honest, he'd be a perfect fit for the Niners. He would. I would puke every time I saw it. Yeah, this, this cannot happen. Like, Zach <laughs> Allen is is maybe the only bright spot from this season for the Cardinals. Uh, realistically, he's probably one of, like, four, but he, he was the brightest spot. He cannot end up on the San Francisco 49ers. Their write-up even says this choice might be wish casting for a 49ers club with fewer holes than most teams entering free agency. But then they go on to say he would provide pop opposite Nick Bosa. You think yeah. that would suck? Like <laughs> right. they don't need that. Uh, but that's that goes back to my earlier point of like I would love it if the Cardinals and it would take a while could build their team similar to the way the 49ers have built their defense, where it's just such a strength that you don't have seven needs in free agency. You can kind of like he would be a luxury purchase for the 49ers, but he would help them. Michael Bidwell said something really telling on Newsmakers Week. What was that, last week? Uh, Where he basically said, we need to start spending all our money that we're spending at certain positions on other positions. They spend a lot on wide receiver. I'm pretty sure they'd rather it be on the offensive line. Yeah. They spend a lot on middle linebackers. I'm sure they'd like some of that to be in the pass rush Stop or the corners. middle linebackers. And, and here's my philosophy for building a team in case anybody ever wants to hire me to be a GM. Oh, this is, a, this is your elevator pitch. Give me two tackles, offensive tackles, two corners, Two edge rushers and a decent quarterback, I'll figure the rest out. Yeah, that's fair. I'd rather have an elite cornerback than an elite safety. Sorry, Buda Baker. I love Buda Baker as much as anybody, but I'd rather have an elite shutdown corner than an elite safety. Equally, I'd rather have an elite pass rusher than an elite interior lineman. You see where yeah, I'm going with no, this? I see what you're saying. And I'm just trying to think like, is that something you have to do through the draft primarily? Because I look at San Francisco and they're able to use free agency to just pick one or two players they really want and go all in because their team's basically set. Whereas the Cardinals, free agency coming first is an issue because you don't even know what holes you need to fill. Uh, Steve, this was fun, man. we got to do this again. Hey, thanks for having me in, Luke. If you just want to just... I'm on the other news. side of this wall yeah, if you, you ever need tell, me, If you get you know? sick of news, you just walk over here and we'll just keep doing this show. <laughs> All right, coming up next, we're going to take you through the top stories of the day with Wolf and Down Your Lunch. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader.